Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Good morning, Vietnam! Welcome to the jungle, baby. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to Two Dudes Movie Reviews. Mama, the meatloaf! You see what happens, Larry? How to get burned! How to get burned! How to get burned! They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works. Every time. I am loving this. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Come with me if you want to live. Gentlemen, you have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Now, here's your hosts, Sky and Colin. Here's Johnny! Hey, moviegoers! You're listening to Two Dudes Movie Reviews with Sky. And Colin. Very nice. <laughs> I was waiting for it. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't do the intro as Borat. I can't do a good Borat, I don't think. I don't think I can either. That's and never stopping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Colin. That's horrible. Uh, horrible. It's horrible. I should have just done Happy Gilmore instead. Oh, good. We still have that. <laughs> Bring it back. <laughs> we still have it. It's never going away. We made a huge mistake. Yeah, I haven't uh, I haven't gotten rid of the board yet, but I, I like that. I feel like every few episodes, I'm, I'm just going to load up some new s- stuff related to the movie we're going to talk about and then just spam or, it for an hour and a half. <laughs> or just only use Adam Sandler clips. <laughs> I feel like that works on all settings. Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's relevant all day. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But have you been? I've been good. I've been good. I've been uh, getting into the Halloween spirits. You know, at the time of recording this, we are just a couple days away from Halloween. But by the time this comes out, we will be post-Halloween. Yeah, unfortunately. I actually, I got a little bit more into the spirit than I usually do this year. Like I said, most years I am just watching a hockey game or going to a hockey game or whatever. But there's no hockey right now because of the, the Rona. So mm-hmm. I actually like decorated our house. You go in our house, there's spooky lights. Wow. Our, uh, yeah, the um you know how like most houses have kind of like a a light outside the front door that you can like turn yeah. on at night. Uh, I changed the bulb in that to this bulb that makes it look like it's like a actual flame like torch. Did oh, that. that's cool. Spooky, spooky. Yeah. And then uh I watched it's got a little uh, flicker to it. Yeah. It's dude. It's legit. Cost a dollar 50. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but uh yeah, no. I and then watched a few like I wouldn't say like horror movies, but I watched the, the new babysitter. Watched the sequel that came out this year, The Killer okay. Queen. Yeah, how was that? I liked it. I uh, I think I I like the first one more, but this is a solid sequel. That's impressive for like Netflix to make a movie sequel of one of their originals and then it be decent. Yeah, it's the same. You know, basically the same cast, same you know writer, director, all that. So it's people that you know, know what the movie's all about. There's some like twists in it that are kind of just like, you have to be along for it. I actually think it's funnier than the first one. Like the first one I think had uh, a lot of like the jokes in it were like, not like laugh out loud funny, but then there was very over the top violence that was supposed to get you to laugh. And this is most of the same, but I think there's better jokes, like written jokes in it. And then the parts that are violent to make you go like, holy shit, I think they up the ante on them. So... Yeah, it, no, it's it's fun. I would I would check it out just because 
it's an easy watch if you're just like doing something, but you're gonna enjoy yourself. I th- I think you'll like it. Yeah, I wanted to check that out. I really liked the first one. I actually just watched last night a movie that you have been suggesting to me, and it works. It works for the Halloween time. Scary movie. Ooh, I'm curious what it is. You've been telling me to watch this for a little while now, and we recently did a trailer park for the sequel that's coming soon. But I finally watched Train to Busan. Oh, nice. It was fucking awesome. Yeah, man. It's really I good. I liked it a lot. Like, I really, like, the the way that, first of all, how fast they go from getting bitten to being zombies. <laughs> and, like, the transformations. But also just, it felt like they had so many extras. Like, you can tell when they were doing the CGI, like, when they do, like, the dog pile, like, the wave of zombies. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like, there's scenes where I'm looking and I'm like, that's just all extras. It's like there's at least a hundred extras of just zombies. Like, yeah, it's, it's insane. A, it's really cool. And now that you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. Where like, I'm actually probably gonna watch Peninsula like next week because um, I have access to it now. But now you know what I mean when I'm saying like, without the train, I don't know how good the movie's gonna be. Yeah, yeah, the train is obviously a huge element to that movie. But dude, I know that movie took place on a train. But what a roller coaster it was, you know? <laughs> they need to make roller coaster but to Basan. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> roller coaster tycoon to Basan. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's awesome though. And the train is kind of almost a character. I love when they go through the tunnels and stuff like that. I think that's all really awesome. Yeah. And uh they they made something that cuz you've said it before with zombie movies, they there's so many different rules to it and people do their own spin. I really like kind of the rules they set up for these zombies. Not only the rules, man, if we want to do an episode on the second one, I feel like I would only use it to dive into the first one. Yeah. <laughs> because there were some uh, like story elements or not even not even story elements. There were just some things that they did with the movie that were obvious plays on the genre and like really, really interesting imagery. So like there's a scene towards like later when the guys fight their way through like three cars of zombies to try and reach another group of survivors. Mm -hmm. And they're like, they're battling to get in, but then they're like, we don't want to let them in because we don't know if they've been bitten. And the way they're all fighting at the door, it looks like they are, they're human, but the Mm -hmm. way they're like, they got their arm in the door and they're all grunting. Like it, it makes sense that they would believe they might be zombie. Like the humans are now acting like zombies. And even within the car, there's like all this commotion and people are pulling at each other and stuff. And now the people who are, we already know are not infected are behaving like the zombies minus they're just not biting each other, but it's still that same animosity and that same, um, like the energy, like it still looks the same as when they film zombies tearing into people, but it's just, it's humans acting out out yeah. of fear and stuff. I was like the, that, that kind of, um, that like mirror image of the two and just like the humans being like these out of control monsters, just like the zombies are. I was like, Oh, like that, that moment is what turned the movie from like, this is a really cool zombie movie to this is like a fucking masterpiece. Like this is, like a level of thinking and storytelling that is beyond just let's have zombies and violence. Like there was, there was like real art in some of the decisions in that movie. And I was like, holy shit. Like this, this just went from like a good time to like, this might be one of my favorite zombie movies of all time. Yeah, man. It's, 
I think I mentioned it when we did the trailer. The first one's got a 94 on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, people really like it. It's actually oh, I totally funny get it. Yeah, it's funny. That movie came out in 2016, and it's probably just because the sequel came out, but I've seen an influx of reviews on the first one in the last, like, two months. And I'm assuming yeah. it's just because the sequel came out, but, yeah, everyone's just like, this movie's fucking awesome. I just watched it. I know. Dude. The the friggin' the friggin' violence, like the zombies in it, I was like, this is sick. Like this is really cool. Like they mm-hmm. do not shy away. Oh my god. And I love because like a lot of a lot of zombie movies, like, yeah, you get some blood and you get you get all that stuff. But they're generally like moving fast, fast cam stuff. There is some fast cam stuff, but it's jumping from attack to attack. Like it's not just like running away from zombies and you see people getting massacred in the distance. It's like Somebody like a zombie leaps and it's like like it's one sh- like the camera doesn't cut at all. It's like it's like it's moving quickly to follow the zombies that are like attacking one after another. I think I think in the, like this one scene, these zombies rip through this cart and they they must have like showed like a, at least a dozen people get pounced on and like shredded into by zombies and i was like oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck like they just kept going and and again it's like you know seemingly uncut like they're just it's just the cameras just like quick reacting to like where the zombies like leap out from and attack people i was like holy shit this is fucking brutal like yeah they they do not shy (laughs) away from the violence (laughs) i loved it i was i was into it yeah i i'm glad you watched that that was I, I knew you'd like that one, especially because I know yeah. you like zombie films. Um, yeah. But I'm always ha- wary about modern zombie films. A lot of modern zombie films, not really where it's at for me. Yeah. Yeah, no. But this, this was, like, mind-blowing. I'm trying to think of something that came out recently that was like, oh, my God. Well, I'll I'll tell you this, a little, little tease for the trailer park. We're going to end up mentioning some zombies a little in a little bit. Ooh. Yeah. If only that would help me remember what we were talking about for the trailer park, but maybe it'll come back to me when we get there. <laughs> also, just on topic with the the spookies, I've been uh-huh. meaning to show you this. Um, this is something that I, I wanted to show you like a month ago. It may have even been before I moved, but I stumbled upon this music video and I was watching it by myself and... <laughs> immediately just fucking lost it and then everyone was like what are you laughing at and i was like just you need to come over here and watch this and then they came over and they lost it okay you're going to absolutely hate the song because it's trash but (laughs) oh no on brand with halloween and i think also like we've talked a lot about practical effects and stuff like that you'll i'm not even gonna spoil it but holy fuck man (laughs) i think i think you're gonna lose it at this so I sent okay. you this music video, and I told you to yeah, start it from, from a certain spot. So you want to start it real quick? Yeah. All right. Here we go. <laughs> no. Is he a werewolf? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my god. <laughs> you, you could stop it. Oh jeez. 
That is... Oh, man. Well, that was... You know, I didn't realize... Was this for, like, Underworld or something? <laughs> no, that, that band is just the douchiest band ever. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, if, that was... That was difficult. That's difficult to listen to. And then you throw in that that amazing, amazing special effects. Now, which which Twilight movie is this from? <laughs> this is this is from Breaking Douche. <laughs> Breaking Douche. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Just, I'm gonna the one section. Okay, so for anyone who wants to watch that so they know what we're talking about, it's a music video from Falling in Reverse. The song is called Popular Monster. But uh, at around like maybe like two fifty in the song, he transforms into a werewolf, and it is Ugh. the shittiest looking prosthetics and CGI ever. I mean, granted, yeah, it's, it's a music bad. video, but it looks so bad. And there's one screenshot, like there's one moment where it's a, like a mix of the two. And he basically is almost a full werewolf, except he's just got a fucking huge human nose. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just sent you a screenshot of what of that moment because it's so of good. just just that face. Yeah, <laughs> let's open let's open that up. Oh yeah, that's the look. Oh my god, <laughs> it just looks like they took a regular human head, made the eyes red, and like enlarged his teeth and his nose and that's it <laughs> i showed my brothers that when i was dying and then we watched it like three times and then on the way back uh i said to brandon i was like yo we should show it to to nicole his fiance and then he was like i already know what her reaction is gonna be and i was like what, what is it gonna be and he's gonna just he was like she's just gonna say Ew, Brandon! Like, like, what the fuck is this? Basically, like, like disappointed then, in him. Yeah, yeah. And then we, uh, right when we got back, we we're like, we have something to show you. And we put it on, and then right when he starts transforming, Nicole just goes, "Ew, Brandon!" And we lost it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he knows. But, uh, he knows his lady. He knows his lady. Yeah, but man, I, uh, actually, I wanted to show you that. I think like a month ago, I was like, I need to keep. I need to bring that up on a Halloween episode, and then Halloween. At this point, has passed, but I'm glad we started talking about the spooky shit because <laughs> I guess there's yeah. a werewolf in that. <laughs> yeah, we're still in the spooky seasons. It's still the spooky times. Yeah. Although, exactly. who knows what Halloween looks like. But then again, at this point, we're in November, which is a month that we had said has, like, no movies. Yeah, it had movies. Now it's yeah, we, yeah, it was <laughs> supposed to. This is, you know what's really bumming me out? This is Oscar season. Yeah, it is Oscar season. And we and we will not get anything. And it's Oscar season. Yeah. It's going to be Tenet and Sonic all year for the Oscars. Tenet, Tenet and Sonic. <laughs> Ten there's, there's a few movies that are coming out that I think have an aspect to them that could be nominated for an Oscar. But it's going to be a really weird year. Like, really weird. Yeah. I'd almost be surprised if they even had it. Yeah, well, I think they said they're going to do it later, but yeah, it's it's going to be strange. We have there's it's um, it's like strange because there's movies that are filmed and now like Netflix and stuff are buying them, which that's not strange. But it, there's there's movies that we hadn't heard anything about that we probably would have seen trailers popping up for like months ago, and now they're coming out with a trailer and then like like coming out next month on 
the streaming platform. Like they're just pushing things out that the studios were yeah. holding on to. Like, so I think we're at, there's like a Tom Hanks movie coming out um, either next hmm. month or in December. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's like really good or, or up there. A movie that we might be talking about next week might have some talk. Um, hmm. So, I mean, it's going to be a weak year. <laughs> but then hopefully yeah. that means that 2021, if it goes back to normal, is going to be a banger of a year. Well, what's interesting is that Netflix has had a few movies that have been in that arena of like Oscar worthy movies that were always destined for Netflix. Like last year you had marriage story, the two popes and the yeah, Irishman. Irishman. And last, and then the year before that they had Roma. And I feel like they had one other one, but I, I might be wrong. It might've just been Roma. that got nominated a bunch. Yeah, it was Roma. But I feel like it's going to be like a clean sweep for Netflix then, because if they have movies that are of Oscar caliber already in a time when they weren't releasing in theaters really. And like they would do like the bare minimum to like get by for the yeah. nomination. But now maybe that criteria will open up so they like they don't have to necessarily do that. I feel like Netflix is gonna have some uh like we'll still get Oscar worthy movies out of Netflix at the very least, even if we don't get to see them in theaters. So like I'm I'm hopeful that they drop something that even in a world where if this never happened and we were going to the movies all the time, these would have been movies that would be considered best picture regardless. Yeah. I was going to mention this to you the other day. I don't know if you knew this or not. It may have been in one of those roundtable things, but uh, Scorsese opened up about like putting out his movie on Netflix and stuff like that. And we were talking about it last year. Like, do you think this was slated to go to Netflix? Like, what's what's the deal? It's weird that Scorsese would have a film on Netflix he talked about it and he said that literally the only reason why it went to Netflix was with the stipulation that it was going to hit theaters because he wasn't going to put it out solely on streaming. He needed it to hit theaters. But the main reason why he partnered with Netflix was because literally no major studio would fund him. Really? Yeah. And I think that's where like the de-aging came in. Like he was like, hey, I want to make this movie. It's going to cost X amount of money. And they're like, why? And he's like, because we're going to like de-age like Robert De Niro and like you know, Al Pacino and all this stuff. And they're like, no, we're not spending money on that. But I just, I thought that was super interesting. Like no major studio would fund Martin Scorsese, you know? Yeah. I don't believe that. Yeah. He said they were the only studio that would give him the money and allow him to do what he wanted to do. Uh, maybe there's like a freedom aspect of, to it then. Maybe it's like another studio would have given them the money, but they would have had a little bit more hands in the pot and he didn't want that. Maybe yeah. Netflix was the most hands-free and they were the ones who were willing to pay him what he wanted, so. Yeah, maybe. I think also, like, people were agreeing, like, yeah, like, when it comes to, like, Netflix, like, they're pretty good with being hands-off. I mean, it makes sense. Especially if you're hiring somebody like Martin Scorsese, it's like, you probably don't know more than Martin Scorsese. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought so. that was, I just thought that was, that was crazy that Netflix was, you know, it wasn't uh you know universal or nobody else would pay him the money he needed to make that film damn yeah it's crazy nobody's paying me any money to make a film so i guess i get it like i'm in the, <laughs> i'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as martin scorsese yeah i guess so he he <laughs> said though he was he was trying to make the irishman for like 10 years wow he wouldn't have needed the de-aging yeah, <laughs> he got it done sooner. <laughs> yeah, if he just got it done when he wanted to 10 years ago, they wouldn't have had... It would have cost less to de-age Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. Yeah. It would have cost 10 years less. He, he, he goes to, like, Universal in, like, 2010. He's like, it's going to cost $200 million. He comes back 10 years. It's going to cost $300 million. Like, how? And he's like, 
Because you waited 10 years. <laughs> you waited 10 years. We got 10 years more. We have to shave off of these old fucks. <laughs> now, how many more wrinkles and gray hairs on his balls we got to yeah. animate out? <laughs> yeah, they're going to get that kid that worked on 50 Shades of Gray. You know about that, right? No. 50 Shades of Gray originally, when it when the first cut of it, it was, uh, what is it, NR17? NC17? Yeah. It, yeah. it was higher than R because there was too much uh, genitalia in it. So they literally nice. hired some kid fresh out of college, his first animation job, like an animator. And they were just like, here, your first credit on IMDb is going to be a animator on Fifty Shades of Grey. And basically his sole job was to just go through the movie and just animate pubes onto them to cover up their, their genitalia. <laughs> Wow, that's a big bush. That's a lot of bush. <laughs> yeah. That's like so there's, not shaved for a lifetime. Yeah. So there's yeah, there's one person who is probably just like the pube tech. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish I was his credit on there. Pube tech. Pube tech. <laughs> Colin Holmes. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's that's a job that you need to put out there for him. Be like, I'm totally okay covering up uh genitalia with, with pubis. <laughs> with just uh with just a big big mound of 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 the short and curlies if you know what i mean <laughs> i really hope that's how that that like interview went like um, what are we thinking brazilian rainforest for this one <laughs> landing strip should have just like can you put a toucan in there he should have just uh, like changed it every other scene. It's just something else. It's like it's it has it has dreadlocks. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Oh Lord of Mercy. Lord have Trailer Park. That was Lord. a lazy throw. <laughs> I was gonna say Lord have Trailer Park is a shirt. Yeah, yeah, it could be. <laughs> Lord well, have Trailer Park. Lord have Trailer Park. Oh, my trailer park. <laughs> what are we talking here? This is an excellent question. It's easily forgettable. Well, we haven't really talked about even what movie we're doing. I said, very nice, and that's it. <laughs> and then we just were like, all right, forget about all of that. But we're doing Borat 2 today. Mm-hmm. So it only makes sense that we do a movie that is so, so much like Borat 2 that it's almost like we're reviewing the same thing twice. Yeah. When like put these it that movies. Way, it makes perfectly good sense. Yeah. These movies are so closely connected. It's almost as if one was just a prologue to the other. Wow. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So, um, without any further ado, this trailer needs no introduction. So, here we go. <laughs> We're just going to play it. Or do you want me to tell you? What is it? I forgot. We're doing Monster Hunter. <laughs> okay, what is that? Is that an animated movie? No, Monster Hunter is a... <laughs> oh, you haven't. You don't know anything about this. I don't know shit about it. That's well, what I'm like, okay. This is the latest movie in a long line of video game movies to come out. So right oh. there, right there, you get, you know, you got some stank on you. But uh, I'm assuming that based on your answer that you haven't played any of the Monster Hunter video games. I have not. But uh, I haven't either. That being said, I've watched people play like on like Twitch and stuff, Monster Hunter. And I always think I'm like, this game looks really cool. Like the concept of it is is pretty cool. Yeah. 
I mean, it is what it what it says that you're you're a hunter on a world. There's monsters, and you just like kill huge things, basically. And uh, but there, this has been a, a movie in the works for a long time that that people have wanted to be made, and finally they're making it. But uh, I don't know if people are pretty happy hmm. <laughs> about uh about how it looks so far. Again, I've like no a modern game, like something recent. Oh, there's like ten Monster Hunter games. They're on the PlayStation. They come out like every couple years. How am I oblivious to this? Are they good games? Yeah, I think they're pretty good. Like I said, I haven't played them, but I know that, that it's another franchise that has like a huge following. See, this is crazy to me. <laughs> well, um, they're making a movie about it, but I was going to say, I feel like with these video game movies, you are hoping that people do something with it that's going to finally make a really good video game movie. But the people involved in this movie give me possibly less than none hope. <laughs> Uh-oh. Paul W.S. Anderson is the director and writer on this movie. You have definitely seen some of his movies. because wait, wait. he Paul W.S. Anderson? Yeah. So not Paul Thomas Anderson. No, Paul W.S. Anderson. Very different people. Yes, Paul W.S. Anderson was the writer and director on essentially all the Resident Evil movies. Oh, no. The Alien vs. Predator movie that you walked out of. Oh, my God. <laughs> Death Race 1, 2, and 3. And 4, actually. What is what? <laughs> what is happening? And the Th Wait, original this guy's Mortal allowed Com to work? <laughs> yeah, and the original Mortal Kombat movie. Okay, that movie slaps. <clears throat> actually, I'm really excited for this now. And um, <laughs> I'm turned around. Yeah. And I don't know if you knew this, but uh, on, you know, all those Resident Evil movies that he's directed and written. What is it? Mila Jovovich. I think it's how you yeah, pronounce it. Jovovich. That's that's his wife. Like he basically oh. like is just like, I'm going to write this. My wife's going to be the, the lead in it. So she in this so, movie. Yeah, she's the lead in this movie. <laughs> uh oh, yes. Yeah, so it's 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 literally the same thing. And I mean, I've seen enough of those uh, Resident Evil movies to know that this is gonna suck. Like I, I fucking hated Resident Evil, um, the final chapter. That was one of the like most hated movies that year. It sucked so hard. Now, was that where, actually like, the last one of them? They're rebooting it now, but I don't think he, he's involved. So, <laughs> it's, the, it's the final chapter in the chapter of bad Resident Evil movies. Huh. There's, I have thoughts on this. Um, I guess you'll watch it for the first time. I actually watched it the first time, though, because, like I said, this is a big property, and people are, were excited about this, where uh, YouTube actually had, like, a an event for the trailer release, and they, like, hmm. if you went on YouTube the day of, there was, like, a timer, and if you, like, stuck around, it would play. And uh, I just happened to go on YouTube when it was happening. Like, I went on maybe, like, 30 seconds before it started, and I was like, oh, holy shit, like, the monster hunter trailer so i i watched it when it came out and uh, wow so do you want to you want to check this out yeah let's do it wait so i was just looking at pictures of the um of the video game and stuff. It didn't look like a military thing. It's not. <laughs> okay, it looked almost more like samurais. Yeah, it's not. 
It also doesn't take place on Earth. I mean, it looks like this movie doesn't either, but they start off on Earth and then they get teleported, like Doom style. Huh. Where the hell are we? That lightning, it hit those markers and it took us somewhere. <clears throat> Guys, I like the sound effects. Wow! On our six. Yeah, bros. Holy The worldwide phenomenon. I know. <laughs> Clearly it wasn't because it totally missed me and it's been going on forever. <laughs> and I play video games and I, I'm i a huge PlayStation guy, fan, yeah. Destroy them and close the gateway. I'm getting us all home. This is the douchiest trailer I've ever seen. <laughs> Like Sorry. even Fast and Furious doesn't do like the, the the stupid action thing where the bigger they are, the harder to kill. <laughs> I like this. The plane just literally crashes and then she's just like breaking. <laughs> she's like, yeah, I'm gonna kill this dragon. Okay. I don't think it's gonna be in theaters. Nice try. You don't think so? If that's if that's what's the return to theaters, I'm gonna be super upset with the world <laughs> at large. It's like theaters have to reopen. Monster Hunter is coming. <laughs> <laughs> what are we gonna do? There's a few things about this. One, I think the were on Earth. These are people from the military trans like teleported to another world. I think that's super dumb. Like, why couldn't yes. they have just done it? Like, this is like a, you know, this is a way of life or something on another planet. Like these people hunt for sport and just do it that way. You, it probably would have been better. Also, I'm just thinking of what is going to be the really stupid way that they are. They're like, OK, we need to go and get the talisman of Orca to fucking be t teleported back to earth <laughs> like is how are they gonna the get games? back to earth no it's not like i'm just, none oh. of this is from the game so now they have to fabricate they have to come up with some way that they're gonna be teleported back to earth on a planet that only has monsters on it like i don't know how they're gonna it's gonna be or, dumb <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna uh back to the future it's gonna have to line up with another lightning storm like, yeah it's i guess that strike that might the be clock it. tower or they do something where it's like they don't get off the planet and they set it up so they can do more of these movies, but it's like it ends and it's so like we were once the hunted, but, but now we're the monster hunters. <laughs> Apex predator all day. day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, it's going to be so dumb. I, I think, I think after watching a trailer, this movie more than any other trailer, We've watched this year. I think this is on the level of Greenland, but watching this, I was just like, no, this is, I think this is going to be really bad. Yeah, I think so too. It's, um, I will say this from a design aspect, because I, I did a little research, the monsters that they're showing in the movie, 
and this means nothing from a film standpoint. This is just from a fanboy standpoint, and I'm not one of them. But I did research, and they actually designed everything to look exactly like the creatures in the game, and all like the weapons they have, like the huge bone swords and bullshit like that, is actually the way it looks in the game. So I'm pretty sure fans of the franchise aren't happy with this either because of the like I think it's the military thing is killing them and being tr- teleported, but. Uh, yeah. I think they at least tried to like do something similar to the source material with this. I've known about the game for f- literally five minutes and immediately <laughs> I could already tell they abandoned the source material and I know nothing <laughs> just because I looked at the covers. I looked at like pictures from gameplay for like the various years. I literally just Googled it and did like an image search and <laughs> immediately I can tell I was just like, wait a minute. There's out of every picture I saw, which wasn't a, even a lot, I saw nothing about like military personnel. And the first thing you see in this trailer is military personnel. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> I I'm really oh, curious man. what the action is cuz that's going to be the thing. People who go see this movie are going to be people like us that need to do it for the pod. <laughs> <laughs> so or, just you and me. Or people who love the game or people who just want to see shit blow up like they're just action fanboys. And based on the Resident Evil movies and what they're showing in this trailer, I bet you all the action is choppy as hell or slow-mo. Like, I bet you it's not going to be good. Yeah. No, duh. (laughs) Why are we still talking about this thing? Yeah, I'm like, wait, what? What am I? What What do you want from me, Colin? I don't know, man. <laughs> well, enough said. Let's get out of this trailer park. This is bumming me out. <laughs> fuck these, fuck these monsters and the people who hunt them. <laughs> I don't know why we, uh, why anyone would think that the Monster Hunter franchise could be a good movie. That's there's some video game franchises that people are like, oh, it'd be so sick to see that be a movie, and it's like, no, that would be shitty. Like. <laughs> I'm trying to think of another one like Gears of War. I like a lot. I don't know if Gears of War would really turn out to be a good movie. Oh, you know what they should make? They should make like a fucking like bass fish. You know, like those like arcade games. Or, like, oh, Hunter. yeah. They should make one of those a game. They should do. Um, They should do Goat Simulator, the movie. Oh, yeah. Farming Sim. <laughs> I feel like Farming, yeah, farming Sim farming would turn out to be like a hard hitting drama. <laughs> yeah. Farming Simulator uh, is actually a prequel. Like Interstellar is like a far sequel to Farming Simulator. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like that. That movie's all about corn, man. Yeah. Actually, I watched a um, Matthew McConaughey was recently on Hot Ones. Have you ever seen Hot Ones? Mm-hmm. I love Hot Ones. So he's just on. Like he's on the most recent one. He did it like a couple, like maybe like a week or two ago, and um, he's talking about Interstellar. Because, like, Christopher Nolan doesn't use a lot of CGI. And he's talking about how, like, when he's in the Tesseract, like, with all the bookcases, like, they built yeah. they built that. And they had him on, like, a string. So when he would push off of stuff, like, they had him, like, harnessed. And, like, they would actually, like, move him around like a puppet almost. And I was oh, just like, cool. whoa, that's crazy. But he's talking about all that stuff. And he's just like, he's like, yeah, people think, like, Nolan uses, like, these huge sets and these really expansive, like, designs and stuff like that. He's like, the scene where I'm, like floating through space and I'm like falling. He's like, I was basically in a box. Like it was like the size of like a ventilation system, but it was like all black. And then like, like he's literally just up there working the camera, like with his hand, like he's, he's yeah. like really hands up. But it's, he's like, when you're, when you're doing it, it looks like you're in 
almost like some sort of amateur production. Then you see it on the screen, and you're like, holy shit. <laughs> you're just doing it, and Christopher Nolan's just above you, just like, ah! It's like, like, you got it! You're killing it, kid! Yeah, what is this schlock? And then it comes out, and it's like super high-concept, heady sci-fi, and everyone loves it. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think we're getting that with Monster Hunter. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. Interstellar's not that good. <laughs> well, in comparison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not even fair. Not even fair to Interstellar to it put those two up yeah. against each other. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, we made it from Halloween to Monster Hunting to Borat. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know, the normal progression exactly did we do we did the trailer park to this on our last episode right we did it on well the last episode that has come out at this time we, we did it on the hubie halloween episode oh was it okay yeah 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 you're right you're right <clears throat> two episodes ago so still very fast turnaround for us to see a movie in our trailer park and then see the movie at its release yeah i think we said it on that episode we were just like didn't know this was coming out I don't know if we need it, like, but I'm looking forward to it because there's no movies coming out and it's probably going to make me laugh a bit, but we can just start getting into it if you want. Yeah. I'm not going to say exactly how I feel about it, but you know what I just said, not sure if I needed it and this and that. This movie surprised me. Yeah. Did it? It's, well, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. But yeah, the director, Jason Walliner, again, we mentioned all this already on our trailer park, but He's the director. It's his first time directing a feature film, but he's worked on a lot of TV shows. Some of them I really like because uh, he's worked on What We Do in the Shadows, New Girl, Parks and Rec. The Last Man on Earth is a TV show he's worked on that has a lot of ties to this movie in terms of the writers. And like we said earlier, ton of writers on it, but that's kind of part of the course for his uh, his movies like this. But Sasha Conan is a writer on the movie and basically... I looked up his IMDb for his writing credentials. He, for the most part, is only a writer on these type of movies. Like when he's in something like uh, like Sweeney Todd or like Hugo. or I, And really, I wouldn't expect him to have writing on credentials on those. But yeah, he, he's just, he just shows up and does his stuff. Really, when he writes, it's just on these hidden cam movies that come out of his head. So he's a writer. Anthony Hines is a writer on this movie. He was a writer on Borat and Bruno and the Ali G show. Dan Swimmer, he is a writer on a show called Who is America, which is one that um, Sacha Baron Cohen writes. Peter Bam is a writer on this. He wrote Borat along with the brothers Grimsby and Bruno. Erica Rivenoja, I think is how you pronounce her name, but she is a writer on The Last Man on Earth, which I said has a tie to the director. Uh, Dan Mazur was a writer on Borat. Uh, Jenna Friedman, we talked about a movie that she was an actress in this year. She was the bartender in Palm Springs. She is a writer on this oh. movie. And then Lee Kern is also a writer on this, and he is a writer on Who is America with uh, Sasha Baron Cohen as well. So, And then as okay, far so as your actors go, it's really just Sasha Baron Cohen as Borat, and then uh, Maria Bakalova, who is a newcomer from Bulgaria. This is a, her first uh, like American film. Huh. She plays uh, Tutar. So, yeah. Okay. So it's a lot of writers, but it's a lot of people who already work with Sasha Baron Cohen and have worked on, if not the first uh, Borat, then like Bruno or his TV show. So it's people who know how to work with him. 
Yep. And that, I mean, that makes sense. This isn't like a kind of movie where I feel like so many writers is necessarily a tell of the quality mm-hmm. of the movie. But if we want to get into it, I will say this. The production value is definitely scaled up from like the first Borat or even Bruno. Like I feel like this looks a lot better than than those. Mm-hmm. I think um, it feels a little more professional. And I think that's a good thing in terms of like regular movies. But I almost feel like that added production value kind of, I don't know, I, I feel like it almost loses a little bit of the charm of the original Borat. I think it's probably upscaled a little bit just because it's 14 years later and there's better cameras now and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I feel like that's the only reason. Like, I don't think they really went off in terms of like CGI or anything like that. Like, I think it's probably no, just no, a product of like the cameras being a little bit better. I don't, I don't fully agree, but I also don't disagree because I feel like Borat definitely, the first one feels a lot more, it definitely feels a lot more like a hidden cam movie. And yeah, that, it has like a more gorilla yeah. feel to it. Yeah. Whereas this one, it just feels a little bit more polished. Well, yeah, I think not only in the production value, but I also think that there's a lot of segments of this movie that are very produced. And not not to say that the the human interaction he has when he is out on the street is fake, but there's I feel like there's a lot less of it. There's a lot less of it, but also I kind of feel like that may have needed to happen. Like they people recognize they set it up, him. Yeah, they set it up in the beginning of the movie. And we'll get into it. There's even when he's in disguise as other characters, he was being recognized. And uh there's a few things that were like really crazy that uh we can talk about. But yeah. I mean the movie is pretty formulaic in that way. And um, I mean, if you just want to compare this movie and Bora, we can you know, the first one, we can do that in a bit. But I think this movie is for the most part, it's here's a scripted part to set up something. And then here is the prank hitting camera part of it with the payoff. And then here's this section that's scripted to push the story. And then here's this hidden camera portion. Like it just flip flops back and forth. Yeah. There are segments in this movie where there are other people and they let them in on the joke. Um, Right. I knew about that. But for the most part, most of the things in the movie are actual people's reactions and stuff like that. Yeah, this is a weird one because, like, you know, normally we'll talk about, like, the writing and stuff like that. Well, I guess we could because there's, I feel like there is a lot more of this movie that is written than there was in the first one. If mm-hmm. you, do you see what I mean? No, like, I, there's I a lot. There's a lot of stuff that they shot. There's a lot of parts of this movie where it's only the characters and they're not interacting with other people. Mm-hmm. So I guess there is stuff to say about the writing, but how did you feel about like the comedy in like, how, what was your hit rate? Like we talked about the hit rate for Hubie Halloween being weak, but how are, how are you responding to this? This is, this is kind of why I wanted to compare it to Borat. I think the first Borat is funnier for sure. Yeah, 100%. That being said, I actually laughed a lot at this. Really? Yeah. And the jokes that are kind of repeating, like reused from the first one, didn't really get me. But there are some moments in this that I think I was laughing because I was so shocked at what they got on film. And we'll get to that. But yeah, no, yeah. I I didn't. I thought this was really funny. 
there was there's a few moments in particular, and when we get to spoilers, like I mentioned, but there's a few moments in particular that I lost it. Really? Yeah. That's so you know me. Still mm-hmm. the same OG, but I've been low key. <laughs> exactly. But I take I take notes when I watch these movies. Hubie Halloween almost filled up a page. Very close to mm-hmm. filling up a page. Ghostbusters, I filled up a page. Generally, I fill up a page. I wrote, I don't know if you can see it. Yeah, I can see it. I wrote four notes for Borat 2. <laughs> oh, wow. Four notes. And my first note says, uh, half hour in, no laughs, no shocks. I, well, one of my notes, I think the first act is the weakest act. Yeah, because it, it's, it's almost entirely just a movie like it's stuff that they filmed like there is no real human there's no like people on the street like getting reactions out of these characters things like yeah the first laugh that i had wasn't even like a big laugh because again i don't really like a lot of the repeating jokes and i was waiting for some of the 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 sayings like the very nice and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and and like wow wow wee wow or whatever but (laughs) he says wow wow wee wow in the phone store, but he does it differently than the way that he does in the first one. Like in the first one, it's very expressive. This one, he says it. You just go, wow, well, we will. <laughs> but it's, 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 with the, it's with the porn on the, uh, yeah. on the phone. That's my first laugh in the movie is him just saying that. And I was just, it wasn't like, like hilarious, but I, it just made me laugh. But I think really the movie picks up once his daughter comes out of the box. <laughs> yes and and th- again the movie's only an hour and 25 minutes long so that's right that's that was 20 great. minutes into it yeah i loved yeah. i loved the runtime oh yeah yeah huge like, plus huge that's plus. all of his movies though like you know bruno borat borat's even shorter than this one really yeah borat's shorter than the second one it's about five minutes shorter but they're all they're all short. I actually put, I put on Bruno briefly the other night too. But about twenty minutes in for me is when this movie picks up, and you know with a shorter runtime, that's almost a it's basically your whole first act. Yeah, I don't know. It was weird. I watched this movie. I was in a fine mood. Nothing's wrong. Feeling good. Feeling great. Oh, okay. I, honestly, things have been things have been going <laughs> sweet. And I watched this movie, and I think I even said in the trailer park I wasn't thinking that I was not not going to enjoy this. I was just kind of like, I was like, I don't know if I really needed a Borat, but like, I'm excited to see. I also mentioned in the trailer park that I think that they're hiding a lot of like the best laughs and stuff. Mm-hmm. I didn't get any of it. Oh, like I, this I, is gonna be a, this is going to be a different review. Then we're going to be, this is going to be a very different one. review. We, we are usually on the same page. Mm-hmm. I said, I wrote four notes. Uh, my fourth note so my first note was half hour in, no laughs, no shocks. My fourth note is one hour in, no laughs, no shocks. Really? No shocks at all an hour in? Yeah. Like, I was almost done with the movie, and I was like, I haven't laughed once, and none of this. You know what it is? Is that I don't think anything was shocking. I think this movie is doing... Somehow these two things, and it makes no, it's not going to make any sense when I say it. This movie came out at the perfect time because it is it is obviously making comment on a lot of stuff that's like going on in our country right now. But it also came out too late 
because I think a lot of the things that they hit on in this movie are things that maybe not everybody's aware of, but it wasn't anything new to me. There was nothing new to me in this. Like there was no shock to this because I see, I see what's going on. You know what I mean? Like if this had come out two years ago before certain things in our, in our nation had started like really popping off and going down and it was almost just like, um, look at the state of the country. Cause like the Borat character is purposefully ignorant and bigoted. Like he's bigoted towards Jewish people. And mm-hmm. it's supposed to be like a commentary on like the ignorance of like anti-Semitism, and and then by putting him in America, like it sheds a light on like racism and stuff. And like we see a lot of that. And like Bruno did the same thing with homophobia, and uh, we see a lot of that in those first two movies. And I feel like this movie didn't do anything new, and it didn't show us a side of people that we haven't already been seeing every single day for the last like three years. I will agree with you a little bit, but also I think shedding any light on, cause I think there are people still that are in denial over the racism in our country. Yeah. And I think there are some scenes in this movie that are extremely upsetting. And I think as an American and granted, I'm not very, um, I'm not very patriotic or anything like that. But if you watch this movie, and you're an American, you should be embarrassed. Like maybe, you know, you don't feel that way, but our country sucks fucking ass. (laughs) Like, (laughs) and, and, uh, yeah, it's just really upsetting. But I was going to say, I, I would never fault the movie for bringing to light something that's important. Right. So here's the, here's the problem with that though. I agree with that. And I, I think that, them shining the light on that is is important and it is a good thing. But if I'm looking at this as like enjoying a movie, this is a comedy. Yeah, maybe you're making fun of the ignorance of these these bigoted people, but that's not funny to me. Like what's going on right now is not funny to me. You know what I mean? Like I and I'm a person who I'm like jokes like there is no such thing as too soon to me. I think I think every topic of conversation is on the table when it comes to comedy because a big point of comedy is to be able to try and push the envelope find the line and then tap dance on that line and try to get people to think outside their comfort zone i think that's a very important aspect of comedy and i think it's like one of the earliest forms of like protest and like kind of like trying to find like ways of like social justice like you see a lot of that happening in like the 60s and 70s a lot of the comics who are like out doing stand-up we're taking a more of like an activist stand. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. But I think that this didn't present any new ideas or interesting commentary on that, or at least it didn't bring any new commentary on the subject where I felt like this was pushing the envelope or this was really groundbreaking or trying to do something different. I feel like this was very much like a rehash. And I I don't think that there were really any jokes. I think the joke was supposed to be, look how ridiculous these people are. But the fact that there are so many of them and they are so like hateful and ignorant is scarier than it is funny. Like this is a horror movie to me. (laughs) (laughs) There, there are parts that are, that are definitely like really scary. There's other things though that I, maybe we should, uh, I don't know if we should just get into jokes and stuff yet. I'll say this about like the writing and, and then we can get into maybe some, 
more spoilery things, but I was th- thinking about this one compared to the first Borat, and one of my issues with this movie, there, there's pros and cons. I think that the the first Borat is a commentary on America that is going to, that ages well. I think it's something mm-hmm. that's always going to be relevant. So the first Borat, I think, ages well. This one, I don't think this movie's going to age well. I think you watch this movie two years from now, and it only focuses on, like, this movie's only relevant for a span of a few years, you know? Yeah. I don't know if this is going to have the legs to move, like, for you to want to watch it again, because everything, like, there's stuff with coronavirus. Like, if that is a thing of the past, eventually, like, those jokes, I don't think are going to, and a lot of it is just about the the election. Like, they really wanted to get this movie out before the election happened. So, right. depending on, like, what happens and stuff like that, or even four years from now, it's not going to, I don't think it's going to mean as much. So that's one thing. The other thing I will say though, is the scripted moments in this movie, I think are way, I think there's a lot more heart to this movie than I do the first Borat. Yeah. Which I wasn't expecting. That's why I said it surprised me because. Oh, okay. The, the first one for the most part is all hidden camera or a lot of it. And it's funny and it comments on stuff, but I don't, think like I didn't like leave the movie really feeling anything other than just laughing at stuff and like yeah, I got wasn't the a narrative really but uh but then this one there is a kind of a subplot or like under the surface there's a few more messages I think in this one that have like I guess in a, I didn't like cry or anything like that or get like super swept up in it but there are things that have emotional pulls in it and one of them is kind of the relationship with his daughter and another one is you know even and I think this is relevant, you know, even as an older person, you can keep learning and um, not believe the things that you've been told your entire life, which I think is very relevant. And that's in this movie also. Yeah. So those those things in the script, again, I think the first one is almost I don't know if it's timeless, but it, it will age better. I don't know if this one will, but I think there are things in the writing in this movie that are a lot more. I guess they'll give you a little bit more of an emotional pull when you watch it. Sure. I will say, I will say, yeah, they, they did try to add more to the characters. They did try to make a narrative and like an actual story out of it. Mm -hmm. Some of that almost felt closer in line with like how the dictator was, although the dictator did it way more. Like the dictator was way more a movie and then they'd have occasional run-ins with like people on the street type stuff. But yeah, like, I don't know, like, like I said, I was in a good mood. Like I, I wasn't like going into this thinking any any sort of way. Like I was, I was actually like kind of excited just to be like watching like a new movie. And you know, we we had said in the trailer park like it'd be good to have like a comedy. And I think that's why I felt really let down is that I just I didn't think any I didn't think anything was funny. Like I felt like the character was just the character. And it's and it's crazy because it's not even to say that like he wasn't bad like nobody was really bad it was just it just wasn't hitting for me maybe we should get into some some more spoilery stuff and go like into more jokes yeah let's and blow it open i guess the last thing i just want to say before we get into that and i kind of kind of commented on, on it but i just want to like since i just touched on it the one thing that i don't like and i said about like the you know this feels like it's not gonna be as relevant i don't like at all that the movie ends and it's just like, oh yeah, and you got to vote now. Like, vote now, please do it. Like, 
I hate when movies do that where they throw out a message right at the end that doesn't have anything to do with the movie. And yeah. they just like, and it just feels super forced. So just that in terms of the, like there's some things that I think are really relevant and important and stuff like that. And not to say that that isn't important, but it didn't fit the script or the story. So don't put it in there. Right. But we can get into spoilers now. I guess let's just go over some jokes and stuff like that, because there's some things that like, I actually think in terms of just, because a lot of it is me getting a reaction out of how crazy things are. I think he pushed the boundaries on what he's doing. Like some of these things I think is possibly the craziest shit he's ever done. Um, like what? Well, one, it's the first movie he's had to wear a bulletproof vest for <laughs> because he was actually in danger. But uh, yeah, him at sense. the gun, him at the gun rally, I thought was pretty crazy. And nothing in that scene happens. But if you look it up, he was attacked. And basically, like when he leaves the stage, people storm the stage and drew, like drew guns at him and stuff like that. And his security, he hired the security for the event. They had to yeah. stop them, but they eventually stormed the stage. He got into an ambulance and he actually had to like hold the door closed as the ambulance drove away because people were trying to like smash the windows and get in to kill him. Nice. <laughs> so that's, a, uh, that's America. That is America. hundred yeah, percent. He said the whole thing that happened with it was he's up there playing a character called country Steve, which I thought was hilarious. Because that's a running joke. He has, like, different names. And the names, I thought, were just, like, either very lazy, which made them funny for me, or they're real people. Like, there's one part where he says he's John Chevrolet. (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah, he was was there. He's singing this song. And all these fucking, you know, bigoted people are loving the lyrics to it, which was, like, really, like you said, it was scary. Me and Brianna, I actually watched this movie twice. uh, But me and Brianna, uh, when we were watching it, she was, like, this is fucked up. And I was like, yeah, this is our country. This is, uh, this is, you know, that was in our nation's capital too. (laughs) It's like, not even like, yeah. What had happened was there was, you know, this gun rally. And then also like near there, there was a black lives matter thing. And I guess people from the gun rally were going over and antagonizing people from black lives matter. So people from black lives matter went kind of like quote unquote undercover for the rally. And they were trying to like, get like a same thing as like the movie was doing. Like they were trying to get reactions, but I guess someone eventually realized that it it was Sacha Baron Cohen on stage and word got around and then people flipped out because then they realized that they were being made fun of and they went to try and just kill him. (laughs) Yeah. So that's crazy. As as any sensible person would just resort to murder (laughs) immediately. Exactly. So I thought that was, that was crazy. And you know, was just shocked that he did that because of the danger that he would put himself in. And then he was actually that whole thing with Mike Pence, where he goes as Trump and stuff like that. Not like he was in like extreme danger or anything like that, but he actually did go there in the robes and then actually went out while the thing was going on as Trump and like secret service had to like escort him out and stuff like that. So I thought that was, that was pretty ballsy to do it and then also just the stuff with Rudy Giuliani is insane and again not something that I would find funny you know I I didn't find it funny but I found it holy shit they got that on camera that is amazing amazing in the fact that that is something huge to shed light on like from an importance level like wow can't believe that happened yeah, no, I mean, there's there's nothing 
can't deny any of that that you said there. It is, uh, <laughs> it's crazy and not surprising in the in the least. It's surprising that they were able to, to capture it. But the fact that it happens, that doesn't surprise me at all. I think to some people, it might surprise them. Hopefully. But you know what? The worst thing about that, I think the people who might need need the message are not the type of people to A, uh, see this movie and hear the message, or B, hear the message and learn from it. I think mm, this is tough because this movie is obviously very political and we don't talk politics on our show. We talk movies. Mm -hmm. But we're talking a movie that is crazy political. Entirely politics, yeah. Right. I I was going to say, it's over, like... Right from the get-go, you know what lens this is coming from. Right, and and even if it's a lens that I agree with and I also see through, I don't necessarily want that. Like, I was watching this movie, and I'm just like, I'm on your side, and I don't, I still don't enjoy what I'm seeing. Like, I agree with what you're shedding light on, but like, do I think that it is a, it is funny or am I enjoying this form of entertainment? And I wasn't see for me. I don't, did you ever see vice? Uh, the movie? Yeah. Uh, no. So they're completely different movies, but vice is another movie where it starts up and you're just like, Oh, I know what kind of person made this movie. Like I, I know it's coming from a certain lens. I have to take everything with a, a grain of salt, whether or not I agree or disagree with this. Like I'm just, I'm just saying this is a hundred percent, not the truth. You know what I mean? Yeah. Vice. I feel like I would, I would rather watch this in some ways than vice, because at least this is the actual reactions of people. And I feel like it comes across mm a little bit more authentic than something that's scripted. Like if you're getting the reactions, I'm not saying it's funny or anything like that. I'm just saying in terms of the message, I feel like you can almost put more weight into this than something like vice. That's a quote unquote biopic, but with events that are exaggerated and changed to create a movie that's better. You know what I mean? Right. Right. It's a, it's an entirely scripted thing. And the people who wrote it were not in the room when those things happened. Yeah. I mean, for me, like I, I get what you're saying and, uh, it definitely is from a certain angle and it's pretty heavy handed with all of it. But again, like just because people from one side are going to dismiss a lot of things, I don't think that that's the reason why you shouldn't shed light on it. No, I don't. Yeah. I don't think so either. I think it's important that it's out there. I think it's awesome that it, it was captured and out there. But I, st- I have such little faith in the other side that I feel like the thing that bums me out about it is this should be a thing that is like career like detriment for that man. This should oh, be yeah. a, this should be a huge issue and it's not. I well, considering that he's the president of the United States currently, like he's his lawyer. Yeah, but that know. doesn't. But it doesn't. As much well, as no, it I'm, should, I, this I should be you. a silver bullet. It should be a silver fucking bullet, and it won't be, and it isn't. Yeah, maybe if there's a different president, maybe then something would happen. But no, I mean, I think if anything, 
people might just use it to just be like, well, now I'm not going to vote for that person. But I, at the same time, I think at this point, you know, we watched the presidential debates and stuff like that. I don't think they do anything. I think people made their mind no. up who they were going to vote for four years ago. <laughs> like, yeah, hundred percent. So like a lot of these things I think are just trying to fuel the fire for like one side or another. Like, I don't, I don't think that there's anything that's going on. That's going to change anybody's mind. You know, I, yeah. I said this the other day, I saw like, a few people like on the side of the street, like holding like signs like that were pro one of the candidates. And I was like, that doesn't do anything. Like, I don't think it does. I'm just like, no, you're not convincing anybody, anybody. Yeah. So, I mean, granted, like we're, we're in our early thirties. We haven't been paying attention to politics for our entire life. Cause you know, you're near a kid. What do you know? Like mm -hmm. my, the first president I was aware of was Bill Clinton. Like that's like the first, first time Mm -hmm. I remember presidential elections and things like that but like you know we we also grew up in a time where like we were maybe like 12 or 13 or 11 or so when 9-11 happened yeah so that was a huge shift and almost forced us to pay attention to the world on more of like a global scale like i feel like our generation was kind of thrust into paying attention like similarly like which this will come up in next week's episode, but like similarly to like how the war in Vietnam forced a younger generation to wake up and pay attention to what their government was doing. Mm -hmm. And now I feel like we kind of got privy to that same effect a little bit, but then, yeah, like I think the people who are, who are against one candidate, I think this is the least indecisive presidential election of our country's history i think yeah. there's nobody who is undecided you either hate him or you love him and there is no in between mm-hmm. there's nobody who watches what's going on with our nation right now and goes you know they both make really good points <laughs> you know I also, like i also just think in general you're people of a one party some there's a lot of people that just stick with the candidate of their party because that's the party that they Right, themselves with like they doesn't matter it's brand so. loyalty see this is the problem with a movie like this is because i don't want to talk politics on this show but th- how do you not <laughs> i mean yeah i mean the whole movie is is charged politically but getting back to i guess to just to change subjects and stuff getting back to the movie and i don't really have a ton left to say on it but i didn't want to say this with like actual laughs my two biggest laughs the abortion scene I lo- that that's my favorite oh, part of the whole movie. Okay, that was actually good. Yeah, when he's trying to talk to the, to the doctor. That I think is my favorite part of the whole movie, and not just we talked about scripted parts, but the way that they staged the events before it in order to use certain ammunition against that person, I thought was like genius. There's yeah. so because they're just, he's just like yeah you know behind that's why I had to do it behind the dumpster. I lost it. I thought it was so funny. And there's, there's like a few other people is like, you know, I was watching with Brianna and she's a doctor, but there's multiple doctors in this movie. Granted that person at that clinic was a priest, I think, or a pastor, but uh, there's like another doctor and, and there's some people that I'm just, she was like, this person must've gotten fired. They just like broke like so many rules of being a doctor and stuff like that. But the abortion oh, like thing, the plastic I thought, surgery one or yeah, whatever, the plastic surgeon yeah. was bad. That was really bad. But the the abortion whole scene, that thing, I thought that was my favorite part of the movie. 
there's a lot of like I thought really well crafted setup to that. And then the the fertility dance, the react like the way they set that up too, I thought was hilarious also. Mm, that didn't do it for me. It did it for me. Like the actual act that they were doing was just like whatever. It's kind of gross at humor. But the thing that made me laugh is the reactions of other people and how they like the music starts and they're like basically get them all clapping. So everyone's like <laughs> like clapping, having a good time, and then you <laughs> s- slowly just see people stop clapping. <laughs> yeah. Or there's some be- people there's- like look away. Yeah. And I, I like looked up like how they because Again, I think a lot of people watch these movies and they're skeptical over how they get certain scenarios going. So I looked up how they did that and they set up the whole event. But they oh, okay. but they set it up with people that were basically just like, yeah, like it's supposed to be like a like a I think it was like a southern celebration of like, you know, like uh, America's like youth, like father daughter type ball type thing. And yeah. But they told them, like, we're going to have cameras there because it's part of a documentary. Like, so, like, you'll be there. You can enjoy the whole ball and stuff like that. But in coming to it, you agree that you're an extra in what we're shooting. So there are right. people there are people there that are in their mind. They're like, I'm like here. I'm having a good time. But I need to put on a face because I'm part of a film. And so the the people that were shot that couldn't keep it together, I think is hilarious. Like they were just so upset by it, even though yeah. they like probably signed documents being like, yeah, I'll like have a good time at this thing and stuff like that. So I thought that was hilarious. And then also just, just the, you know, this part isn't funny, but getting back to the Rudy Giuliani part, the way that whole thing was designed is actually, it's kind of scary, but also like props to them for setting it up the way they did. To get him to do that, one, I'm sure they had to pay him a lot of money, but two, like, he he has, like, stipulations, and I'll do this interview if, and part of it is um, they said that they had him do, like, he has his own security, and the way that they do it is they have the interviewer and him in the room. They have security come through the room and do a sweep and make sure no one else is in there, and then they have security sit in front of the door so they make sure that there's no way anyone can get in or out so that's that's horrifying but the way that like Sasha Barrett Cohen said I'm going to set this up they built a secret compartment in one of the closets that just looked like it was the wall and he basically said Mm -hmm. like yeah like I as the producer of the movie I have to make sure my actors are safe and all that so like we did it that way so like there was actually a security guard that swept the room and like couldn't find him and stuff like that. And then they filmed it. And then he had basically like a cell phone with him and that he could make sure everything was going like fine. But then as soon as things, I think things went further than they anticipated. And that's, it seemed like he came out pretty quickly. Yeah. It might've escalated faster than he thought. I think it, I think it escalated faster, but also I think further like, I don't know if they were actually going to get that. I think they were going to try and get something out of him, but I think he just went there on his own. Yeah, like, maybe they were going to try and, like, get him saying something ridiculous. Because yeah. that's usually that's usually what the goal is. It's, like, for the most part, they just, they try to, like, almost, um, I don't want to say trick, because I think that, I think that would cheapen, or, or try to, it would sound like I'm trying to discredit what 
Giuliani did, which I'm not. I, but you know, like how like the Daily Show, like they're so good at like the way that they word things, where it's like you almost walk people into saying something stupid, mm-hmm. or 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 you walk them into like them feeling comfortable enough to to say something dumb because they're not thinking they they don't have their guard up. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's more of what they go for, and they're like, well, let's see. Let's see, like, when his guard is down, like, what kind of ridiculous shit will catch him saying on camera? And they might not have expected him to just shove his hand down his pants. <laughs> yeah, so... So then when that happened, they were like, whoa, that was not what we were looking for, but thank you. <laughs> it's like, but yeah, like, because I thought about that, too, because it's like... I feel like there's going to be... I, I already see people who are like, he was just adjusting his shirt. That's what he... That's what he said, and... right. How long nope. is his shirt? <laughs> well, like, even even if he was, which I find there was other people that have been like they said, like I have never adjusted my wire by laying down flat on a bed. Like that's not how you do that. Yeah, I mean, even even if he was and stuff like that, there are th- he's being very handsy like the entire time. And yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen said basically just like if he thinks that he wasn't doing anything like inappropriate, then like who knows what else he's done. Like if that's him being not inappropriate. Right. Which like, yeah, like I, I definitely agree with, but I don't know, man. I think I enjoyed this movie a lot more than you did. And there's only one last thing I want to hit on. I don't know if you have anything else. No, I don't. I only had four notes and I blew through them in like the first five minutes. (laughs) Okay. The other thing I I just wanted to hit on was the actress, Maria Bakalova. Sasha Barracone said in an interview recently, if she isn't nominated for an Oscar, it'll be a travesty, basically. And I want to know what you thought of her in the movie. I mean, I don't think, why would she get an Oscar? He didn't say, I don't know if he said get an Oscar, but be nominated. And well, I would, why would she get a nomination? Like, I, I think that's tough. I think in terms of, I mean, this is an issue that we've, talked about with a few movies where it's just like social context is one thing, but product on screen is another. It's like, maybe, maybe he's saying that because she was putting herself in harm's way and she was putting herself at risk for this movie. And she was doing things that I think a lot of people wouldn't have one chosen to do, but two been able to pull off and she did both. So there that's one thing but in terms of like what you're seeing on the screen i don't think that was necessarily like an oscar worthy performance maybe i don't what goes into it behind the scenes yes because that takes a lot of balls i I was gonna say i said to brianna like in a normal year i don't think so in this year where we really haven't had a lot of performances that have like completely blown us away i could see it I think on screen she does stuff that's like good, maybe not phenomenal, but good. But I think a lot of it comes down to just she's she's fucking fearless doing a lot of the stuff that she does in the movie. Right. And they inter- they like auditioned 600 different women for this part. And they said if they liked them enough, they would bring them in. And the second part of it was that they would put them in a room him or her, like the actress and Sacha Baron put them in a room with, with random people. And like the test basically was for two hours, you had to have people thinking that you were a real person and not an actor. And yeah. uh, 
So like she beat out like tons of people for it. And I think she did do a great job. I actually think, I think she's the best part of the movie. Honestly, Sasha Baron Cohen is obviously extremely talented, but I think a lot of what he does you've seen before. There are things that I think he pushes the limits on, but I think just in terms of like performance and stuff like that, you, you have seen it before. Yeah. I feel like her character and the way she plays her and stuff gives the movie a lot of heart that I wasn't expecting. So for me, I actually really liked what she did. And I think in this year, we're not having a lot of stuff like things to go up against. I could actually see her getting a nom. Yeah. I don't think she'd okay. win. I've seen, yeah, I've seen a couple other performances that I actually think are better, but in general, there hasn't been a ton this year that's blown us away. So I'm like, I could see it in this strange year. Yeah, maybe. Like, if she gets a nomination, I wouldn't be angry about it, but, like, it, it doesn't stand out to me. But, yeah, like you said, I'd say just the context of what the role entails is is one thing and very impressive, but I wouldn't necessarily say the performance itself is really anything that's, like blowing my dick off yeah no i agree like I'll, let's put it this way i'm not gonna like i didn't watch that performance and then be like oh i should like lean back on my bed and adjust my shirt you know what i mean <laughs> wow <laughs> you know it didn't get me there d- d- don't do the eyebrows <laughs> they can't see the eyebrows uh, the listeners the swampies don't know about the eyebrows <laughs> but um do you have anything else or you want to get into tomato tomato no, let, let's get these tomato tomatoes. All right. Tomato tomato, the critics, they are bringing Borat subsequent movie film in at an 85%. All right. So B, the audience tomato, they are bringing Borat subsequent movie film in at a 71%. So a B to a C minus. Oh, that's actually dropped since I saw it. Oh, really? Yeah. I I texted you. Right after I had finished watching this. And I think I said, um, I need you to watch Borat 2, and I need to discuss it ASAP. I don't mm-hmm. know who I am anymore. And why was that? Because I looked at the Rotten Tomato score after the movie, because I couldn't figure out in my head how I felt. Like, mm-hmm. I still don't think I wrote down a grade for this movie. I didn't rank it in my phone yet. I was so, I just didn't know how to feel. I was just like, okay. It's touching on important topics, but it's a comedy that's not funny. Did I enjoy watching it? And the answer is no. I didn't get anything out of watching it with the exception of just like, man, these people suck. Like, damn. Like, yeah, they're out there. That's a problem. You know, like that was, Mm -hmm. but that wasn't entertaining for me. Like that didn't. So when I finished watching it, I was just like, oh, man, people are going to hate this. Not only did I not think it was funny, but I'm sure there's a lot of people who disagree with the politics in this movie. So I was like, oh, the people are going to be split because we see it all the time. Any movie where there's like some sort of political message, the tomato score is always like 50-50. Like it's literally 50%. And it's because half the people are mad because they made fun of MAGA hats and the other half of the people loved it because they made fun of MAGA hats. (laughs) So I was expecting that. And I got there. And when I had looked, the critic score was in like the high 80s and the audience score was in the low 80s, but they were both in the B range. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's why I was like, I don't know who I am anymore. Cause usually on this show, we're either like 
oh my god, the audience is a bunch of fucking goons. They don't know what they're talking about. The critics are geniuses here. And then sometimes <laughs> we're just like, the critics are not in touch with the people. We're ones with the people, and the people are right on this one. Mm-hmm. And now this time, the critics and the audience, at least at the time that I saw it, were in basic agreement, and I was the outlier being like, I thought this was bad. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, like, I just didn't enjoy it. Now, there's obviously production stuff to it that's, like, really good. Like, there's the social context, all that. So I'm not going to fail it, but I didn't enjoy my experience. I'm going to give this a D. D, wow. So you yeah. went you went tomato. Yeah, I went tomato. So I went tomato, and I gave it a B. Wow, this might be the biggest gap we've ever had. Yeah, I think this I think this is the biggest gap in terms of like see, I didn't really enjoy the gentleman. You really like that? That still might be actually the biggest gap in grade. That being said, I feel like I feel like I at least found some things in the gentleman that I like. Like I think I gave the gentleman like a C or a C minus. I you just straight up didn't like this movie. I just it's not that I didn't like it. I just didn't enjoy it. You know what I mean? Like it's it's a different thing. Like would I watch this again? No. I guess I didn't like it. <laughs> but <laughs> but I didn't like it because I didn't enjoy it. But like liking something and like like the reason I can't fail it is because it's like I see what is good about it, but I didn't feel entertained. This wasn't entertainment to me. This this was I don't know what. This honestly felt like I was watching some toxic videos on Facebook. Something <laughs> And I mean, granted, again, this is this lens, and this is to, this is told from a perspective that I share with the filmmakers. Like mm-hmm. I'm on their side, and I'm not saying that what they're showing or what they're highlighting is like them highlighting it is not a problem. What they are highlighting is a problem. So it's like it's good that that is being like pushed out there. Be like, hey, like don't forget, like these people are out there. This is this is what kind of we're up against. That's yeah. all important, but that doesn't make the movie funny. That doesn't make for entertainment to me. That That is, this is almost feels like it should have just been like, like a, like an internet, like YouTube campaign to try and like get people out to vote and stuff like that. But like, I didn't feel like this warranted a movie. I don't know. Like there's just something about it that I was just like, this isn't, I'm not having a good time watching this at all. I I definitely agree. I think the the intent behind it is pretty it's it's it feels manufactured like they had said that they filmed this super quick. Actually, I didn't even mention this, but the the guys that he was with that he lived with, he actually lived with them for 5 days and mm. and had them convinced for 5 days and but like the in between uh, like shooting, he would be writing. So like the intent of the movie, and they said that it needed to come out before voting was in. It needed to come out before right. the election. So like the intent of the movie is pretty manufactured. It's not something that is that, uh, you know, it's just like, oh, I had this great idea for this Borat film. It's it's actually just like, hey, I want to put out a movie before the election because I need to have something that's going to be politically... Uh, or like, rel- like you know what I mean? Like, I need, I, I need to make a statement on something right now, um, yeah. Before it's too late, I guess. So, I mean, 
I don't know. In that, I I feel like yeah, it's it's a little bit. I don't know if it's phony or whatever, but it's just it feels forced a little bit. So I I agree with that. But I mean, I actually had laughs in it. Like there are things for me that I was like, that's really upsetting and it's it's scary. But then there's other things like I was saying, like the abortion clinic and stuff like that, that made me laugh really hard. So yeah, like I, I had laughs. I, I think there's other things that are, you know, are, are good things to comment on. I, hopefully it sheds a light on some things for people. Like we said earlier, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's going to change people's minds, but I'm not going to fault them for trying to comment on something. And I mean, there's some things that are like, like I still think the Rudy Giuliani thing is a bomb like that. That's huge whether or not it ends up being anything because people is one thing, but I feel like the footage that they got is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's not him, even if it's not him, other people like him, like you have to think about that, you know? Oh, for sure. So, but yeah, I mean, for me, it's not as good as the first Borat. I think, I don't think this is going to age well, but I think, you know, it's it's strangely touching at times with his daughter. That's whole side plot. There are some laughs, and I think at least right now there are things that it's shedding lights on. You know, light on that are very important. So yeah, I, I gave it a B. Okay. Well, wow, man, we just don't see eye to eye. Podcast fuck over. You. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> f- fuck you, you piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's just because you love Trump. That's what it is. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. I just can't get enough of that sweet, sweet Trump. You, I didn't mention that. I like the, the cartoon of Trump. See, like that bit didn't do it. Like the like the Cinderella <laughs> type me, thing. Yeah, it made me laugh. With Melania, didn't do anything for me, man. Yeah, like I like that bit too. You know what? Again, also, like that. I don't know if this was intentional or not, but like a reason why that also made me laugh is they gave Trump a animated boner in that scene and it oh, looks oh, okay. That was actually funny. That actually did make me laugh. I forgot that, about that. That made me laugh, but also they made it look exactly like the boner in the little mermaid. Like, I don't know if you've seen that or not. Oh yeah. Yeah. But like, it, it reminded me so much of that and it it's animated the same way. So I'm like visually like just like immaturely that is hilarious. But then also I'm getting this vibe that that's almost like a parody of the the hidden boner in Little Mermaid, and just as an animator, that's just making me laugh. Okay, so there you go. They got an inside animator joke for you. Yeah, that's why you gave it a B and I gave it a D. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe if I was an animator, I would have loved this movie. <laughs> so for you, as an animator, it goes Nightmare Before Christmas, Borat Two. <laughs> And then Toy Story somewhere down the line. The boss baby. Boss baby. <laughs> well, that was interesting. What's even more interesting, though, is that to tease the Swampies, little insight into what we're doing next week, but we're doing two back-to-back Sasha Baron Cohen films. Yeah. And two films that are pretty politically charged. Very politically charged, very current, very, uh, even though the next one uh, does not take place in modern times, like I think it has a very modern message, which we'll talk about. But yeah, very, I don't know if we've ever done that where we did uh, two episodes in a row that stars like the same person. Yeah, I don't know if we've done that either. Hmm. I have to look back. But yeah, 
I said this when we did the trailer park, but he is extremely talented. I don't think there's any any denying that. Like people love him for his hidden camera stuff, like Ali G and Bora and all that. But I mentioned, you know, if you watch him in like Sweeney Todd or Lay Miz or um, you know, uh Hugo, or whatever, like the guy's got serious acting chops and you know, I we'll talk about him in, in the trial of the Chicago seven, but I it's I always get excited to watch him in a movie because I think that there he has a really wide range of what he can do. Yeah, no, for sure. Like I've seen him be really good in some like more serious dramas and stuff. Like I think Sasha Baron Cohen as a whole, which I might even mention this on the next episode, but just in general, I think he is better than his characters. Like he he actually should be seen as more than just Borat and Bruno. Yeah, I, I don't think people look at him and really see Bruno. I think Borat's like the big thing for him. Mm-hmm. But he is he's so much like smarter and like just a better actor and better comedian than just Borat and like that whole shtick. Like he's I think he gets slept on a little bit. I think he's only looked at for like the hidden camera stuff and people don't pay attention as much to when he's doing something that's on like a different level. Yeah. No, I agree. So that's something to look forward to next week. And that's another Netflix movie. That's two streaming movies in a row because that's the world that we live in. Who knows? Next time we'll get to do a movie in a theater. But for now, you can stay in touch with us at Two Dudes Movie Reviews. We might. Maybe question mark. I don't know. We got to figure it out. Post a bracket for November because if no other movies comes out, then uh, what are we going to do? Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're running out. We're gonna, it's movies that have a turkey in it. <laughs> yeah. Just turkey. It's a turkey bracket or movies where somebody is referred to as a turkey or like a jive turkey. Mm-hmm. And then that'll be the list. So then people can vote on turkey, turkey related movies, be turkey related movies and then chicken run will win. Oh God. <laughs> I I remember seeing Chicken Run as a kid and I hated it. Really? You know what's funny is as a kid I hated Chicken Run and then as an adult I went back and watched Chicken Run and really liked it. Yeah. Well now as an adult, like you're more into like animation and stuff like that. So Yeah. Was that like a I really big liked, factor? I really like that style, like Wallace and Gromit claymation and stuff like that. I, I really like the way that, that looks. Actually, uh I put you ever see the pirates? The Pirates? No. Yeah, it's another claymation movie. It came out maybe like seven years ago or so, but I put it on the other day strictly just because uh, they use a Flight of the Concord song in it. And oh, really? Yeah, and like me and Brianna watched What We Do in the Shadows, then we watched an episode of Flight of the Concords, and I was like, see, like they're even in like this movie, and I put on this animated movie, and they play their song and stuff like that. So, but that's That's another one. I I love that style. It's a style I would never ever want to work in, but I. Visually, I really like claymation. Yeah. Oh, maybe I'll check it out, but I probably won't. I'm a busy boy. And we got a lot of movies to watch. Uh, AKA, I'm just watching a lot of movies that aren't even for the show, like Train to Busan. And mm-hmm. uh, I watched The Lighthouse again recently. And I'm just, I'm just, it's in horror mode. I'm, yeah. Uh, oh, know. no. You, you got to be that way. Yeah. Because. I think, uh, Saving Hellraiser for Halloween. I always watch Hellraiser on Halloween, and I watch Halloween on Halloween. I was gonna say, uh, once October is over, you can never watch another horror movie until next October. Yeah, unless unless the theaters were open, in which case we would have been watching a horror movie every month, which is how like last year went. Yeah, we see Pet Cemetery again. 
Fucking dog shit. Fucking dog shit. There's dog shit in that pet cemetery. <laughs> but you Don't know go what's back not in dog there, shit? What? Giving us a five-star written review on iTunes. Ah, beautiful segue. Five-star <laughs> written review on iTunes. Perfect. You could, honestly, leave us five stars, but then in the written part, just say this podcast is dog shit. That way we know. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> it's five star, but it, it's a five star review though. Yeah, but then what if other people go and see and they read the reviews and they're like, well, their audience is clearly a moron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least they'll know what they're getting into. <laughs> you fucking swampies. You stupid swampies. Leaving us five star reviews, telling us we're dog shit. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm the one who told him to do it. Honestly, do do whatever you guys want, but the five-star reviews are always always a delight to see when they roll in. We got a new one the other day, and uh, it, it just brings us joy, but it also gets you the opportunity to win free swag. And we send you T-shirts and stuff that tell you you're a swampy, or they'll say the quantum fucker. <laughs> So you can wear that around. You can wear that to your next uh, family reunion or Christmas party with your grandma. Your quantum <laughs> fucker shirt. Sure. And you have to explain that to her old raggedy bones. <laughs> her bones are raggedy. You got That grandma, she got raggedy bones. <laughs> and yeah, on that note, uh, suck it, swampies. <laughs>